Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. Today's guest is Maria Kelly, a singer-songwriter from Westport, County Mayo, currently based in Dublin. Do you remember the time we cried in the supermarket? You said, I don't know what we're missing, darling. I just know that we've lost it. And I tried to take your hand. You left without paying Sat on the sidewalk quietly I heard you saying I just wish it felt like you used to I wish I could help like I Last Friday, October 15th, she released her brilliant debut album, The Sum of the In-Between, on Vita Records, which is also home to Hawk, who, if you were paying attention, were on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I adore The Sum of the In-Between. We're listening to a track of it now called Like I Used To. Maria puts herself fully on display both on this song and on the record as a whole, which is punctuated throughout by voice notes with and between friends they really get to me like failing forgiving gets me every time it's the final voice note before the title track and it's just a double whammy of emotion maria kelly has been releasing music for about five years we chart her journey during the course of our chat and like julie from hawk it takes in a detour to berlin Maria and I also talk about some of the voice notes and the ideas behind them and what releasing her debut album means to her. It's easily one of my favourites of the year. Maria Kelly launches the album at the Workman's Club on Friday, November 12th and supports Alvaredi and Orla Gartland on their respective Irish tours in November and December. Okay, here's Maria Kelly on the Point of Everything podcast. How are you feeling about the album a month out from its release? I am excited. I'm really like, like I I really love the album and I'm, I've been sitting on it for quite a while now that I'm kind of just excited for people to have it. Definitely nervous but more in the way of, you know, I think so, so much goes into an album trying to get it to people, people's ears. So I'm just hoping it makes it to a lot of ears. So it's just that kind of like constant push until it's out is kind of nerve wracking. But yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited once it kind of gets there. Are you hesitant or nervous about the fact that like you put yourself so on display throughout this album and the fact that like so many people will be listening to it? Does that, I don't know, do you, do you feel like there's a weight on your shoulder in that respect or, or something or have you been able to kind of remove yourself from that idea? Um, I think I've removed myself a bit. Like writing for me is very, it's how I process different 
parts of my life and kind of different chapters. And I think I, I was actually talking to someone about this the last day of, I think I've kind of blocked off this part of my mind where I actually connect the dots that people can hear it in, in a in a way or like hear exactly what I'm saying because um I think everyone finds their own kind of thing in a song so I kind of just hope people find themselves in it rather than like overanalyzing me <laughs> in general that's just how that's how I process things I feel and it's that process of if people find themselves in it it's kind of worth me sharing vulnerability in that way it's kind of the whole point um to find that connection the only thing I was nervous about on this album and nearly didn't make it was the first track on the album so it's called Panic and um the it's even like we're talking about it I can feel myself getting like but um the first track is actually the kind of sounds and um atmospheres and talking you hear in the first track it's actually this recording from when I was like 17 and I recorded myself on my phone having what I now know was a panic attack and I didn't know at the time kind of what it was and but I I was so curious to how my brain worked as a teenager so I remember like recording it out of interest of like I really want to hear this when I'm not in this space to to understand what it is and i I knew that had been on my computer for years. I never did anything with it. It's like six, seven years ago now. Oh my God, no more. I'm older. Nine, nine years ago. <laughs> nine years ago. And yeah, I like last minute, we I wanted like an intro track. And I turned to my producer, Matt, and I was like, this is going to sound weird, but I have this recording. And he found it really difficult to listen to. But that was almost the point I think so we decided to mess with it a bit Matt did some really cool things to kind of make a sonic world around that recording I think it really starts the album off in the place I wanted it to start which was like in a place of kind of just fear and doubt and not knowing what the hell you were doing with your life so yeah that that was a nerve-wracking bit for sure and I had to kind of think about that before I decided to do it but it felt worth it in the end. I don't know if I would have asked you about it if you hadn't brought it up first like did you listen to it back when you made it like did you listen to it over the years or was it just the fact that you that it came to you as like oh this would make for the opening of the album? Um, I had discovered it a couple of times on my laptop over the years I kind of remembered I'd, I'd, I'd recorded it and been like Oh, wow. And it's like the whole recording itself is quite jarring to listen to. I only used some of it, but I don't know. It was just kind of, I think I I found it again while I was putting together pieces for the album and it kind of just sparked something. And yeah, I I didn't actually include that in the press release because I wanted to see if people would maybe pick out parts themselves or give myself a chance to talk about it in interviews when I wanted to rather than I was a bit scared people would really zoom in on it um if they knew from the get-go but yeah that's a yeah that's part part of the I don't know what I'm saying but yeah (laughs) (laughs) did you have girl bands girl band in your head they opened the talkies with a similar kind of idea I don't know if that was playing on your mind at all 
No, I haven't actually heard that. Uh, the first song on the talkies is um, the singer having a bit of a panic attack as well. And it's similarly, it's similarly jarring. And it's like, if you remove yourself personally from it, it's interesting that artists are kind of putting themselves out there like that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to listen to that. Yeah. Again, like like listening to yours, it's not the most comfortable um, experience, but I don't think that it's supposed to be either. Do you find that when you kind of made it into a track, did it kind of take away from it in some respects for you that you kind of almost like, finally, I can move on from that? Yeah, actually. Um, yeah, it became something else entirely because I remember finding it throughout the years and I never listened to the whole thing. Like it was kind of when I was going through old recordings on my iTunes trying to find song ideas. Um, I don't think I titled it. I think it was just like new recording 72 or something. So it was always kind of a bit of a surprise. And then I'd, I'd hear the first few seconds and I'd be like, oh God, I don't listen to that. But making it into something and starting the album with it, it kind of just fit perfectly because they're like the album for me is very chronological and it kind of goes through from that point of really doubting yourself and being very fearful to kind of just hoping for the best and pushing yourself forward anyway. So yeah, it became really nice actually now to listen to that in a musical sense and to really feel like, wow, I'm not there anymore. I can see, I can see the progression from that point and I can see that like 17 year old girl and what was going on with her. And that's really powerful to be able to kind of re-own that experience, I guess. I do think of this album as a journey. I think like even from the first listen, you know, up until the end of it, you can kind of feel the moment where it kind of like, ah, oh, she's she's made it sort of thing. Um, did <laughs> did you have that idea in your head when you sat down to write the album? Like like these are all uh, kind of songs made for the album. I don't think you had released any as like standalone singles before or anything. Yeah. Um. No, I didn't originally. I. So before I started writing, I actually put up so many barriers in front of myself <laughs> to stop myself writing because this was my first album. I felt I felt so much pressure around it just from myself. I was like, it has to have a theme and it has to like everything has to make sense with each other. And I want to know what the whole story is before I even start. But I actually couldn't do that. And everyone around me was like, just start writing, just start writing and see what comes out. And I eventually did that. And it, I, it's like the thing of you're threading things together. And it was at just some point I was like, oh, wow, there's like a story here. There's a path here. And I, and then I started filling in the gaps. And then, then when I came up with the title track, it all kind of just tied together and just became this, yeah, cohesive kind of body of work. So it definitely didn't have it in mind. I just kept writing and kept kind of, coming back to ideas and finding little themes in them and finding phrases in them that could link up. And it was a really fun kind of jigsaw to put together. <laughs> really fun. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Ah, I, I was going to ask like whether you were surprised by what came out maybe of that writing process. Like fun probably wouldn't be the first word that comes to mind listening back to the album. Yeah, true. It's not very like 
yeah, not very like good time. <laughs> but it was fun in the sense that um, I just have a lot of fun when I'm being creative without putting limits on myself or pressures. And like, I, I actually probably started writing this album like three years ago, but really in drips and drabs. And then I had just come up with so many kind of, yeah, things to stop myself finishing ideas or thinking it wasn't good enough or thinking like it didn't make sense. It was only like probably November last year or October last year where I just got such a like rush of creativity where I was like writing and finishing things every day for about a month. And that never really happens to me. But at the time it was uh, me and my partner, Steve had moved down to a cottage in Wexford and it was the first time I had like a studio myself and a writing room. And like, there was just no kind of distractions. And I just, yeah, got this real almost kind of like annoyance at myself that it was taking me so long that I was just like, okay, let's go. We're just going to get up and do this every day. And we're going to, we're just going to start. Yeah. It, it was fun in the way that like, I love connecting dots like that. I love coming up with, yeah, just meanings within all the songs and um, yeah, a world around it. So that, that was really fun. And, and it was really just therapeutic to kind of like get to do that. A lot of writers talk about, you know, you have to get up first thing in the morning and just sit at your desk and you've got to put in the hours and do the work to come up with with um, a book or a story or just a sentence. It sounds like that's how you treated the making of this album so that you retreated as you, you set yourself up to do almost like a, a nine to five kind of shift with the album, was it? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I um. I think it was mostly born out of that thing of uh, getting annoyed at yourself for not doing the thing, which is like quite a theme on parts of the album as well of just the excuses we kind of tell ourselves for not doing the thing we just want to do. And we know that we'll feel better when we do it. And yeah, that's the, like, I don't really normally work like that. Like I've fallen into rhythms where I kind of just wait till an idea is kind of there for me, but that's not, like very productive when you're writing a whole body of work you could be writing years so yeah that really helped to just kind of yeah set up a space where I, I could just step into it every day and try and there was loads of days where like I came up with absolute trash but there was other days where obviously other things came out that was worthwhile so and who knows the trash might turn into something someday I presume that you hold on to all of the bad stuff as well yeah, for sure. Yeah, you never know what's going to like turn into something in a couple of years. Before we get into the album a little bit more, tell me about how you see maybe the first couple of years as of Maria Kelly, the artist. Like, when did you start playing? Oh, I like that question. I started playing, like I started writing when I was maybe 14 and I was doing a lot of stuff in my hometown in Westport. But my kind of project, I think, started in maybe 2015 or 2014, like when I started started college. And yeah, those first few years, I I really didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but I think I felt so much pressure to know exactly what I was doing. And I don't think I had kind of any perspective of like that it that this would be a long game 
and not just I will play shows and I will release songs and then I will just do that forever if that makes sense like I, I think I just I thought in my head that I would just reach some point and then I'd be done nothing else to do but I think I didn't quite realize how young I was um as we normally don't I think I was figuring out my sound and figuring out like what I wanted to make yeah how do you look back on those kind of first singles are you kind of embarrassed by them or do you treat them like a learning curve like can you still recognize the artist that made them yeah for sure I like I try not to beat up like past versions of myself like that because I think like like my my first like band single was black and blue I find that that's the one I find kind of cringy because I just was so excited to release anything and it's quite like like the the lyrics are very the lyrics are very like a 19 year old wrote them or an 18 year old wrote them or whatever but like yeah it's easy to look back and kind of be like oh my god I was such an idiot blah 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 but like I was having a fun time and like I was trying my best and I was doing and I was trying something so I don't think I would have yeah probably got here without figuring out all the stuff I didn't really like to do or just throwing stuff at the wall and see seeing what sticks I think it's taken me a while to learn that like there's no right way to do it you just try stuff and see and was there a turning point along the way is there a song that you can pinpoint where you move on from that kind of stuff that you were doing on the first single yeah for sure uh, I would say my notes to self EP. So when I moved to Berlin, that whole body of work felt very me at the time and this progression into a more kind of like alt folk, atmospheric folk. And I think that's where like kind of a bit of humor came into my music as well. Like I was, I think I kind of put myself in this box of like the sad folk girl. And I remember doing this is funny it just popped into my head but I remember doing a photo shoot with Ruth Medjbear she was doing portraits at the time of different women in music I think it was and she took a portrait of me and shared like a caption and she had said in it like that my music was quite dark but that I came across as quite a bubbly bright person and that always stuck with me of like I'm not this like sad folk girl that I'm kind of trying to shove myself into like I'm I'm very like clumsy and awkward and I think I'm quite funny and I have like I have more quirkiness to me than just that so I think from notes to self that's kind of where that came in and then same with I leave early and especially with this album I feel like there's actually even though it's it's an emotional album I think there's like points of humor in it and hope. Here's a taster of that Notes to Self EP. This track is called June. You've been looking there 
Uh, I talked to Julie from Hawk a couple of, well, last week. Uh, that'll be out as people are listening to this interview. She was also living in Berlin. I don't know, were you roommates, were you housemates? Yeah, we were, we were living together, yeah. How was the experience in Berlin for uh, you? Really great. Really great in just, in actually just the fact that I had finished college and I didn't do music really when I was in Berlin. And I actually really needed to do that. Like I wrote a bit, but I didn't play loads. I was kind of exploring other parts of my life, which I think I really needed to do. And I just loved living in a new place. I loved learning about a new culture. And I met some really cool people. I really want to go back, actually. <laughs> but it was great. It was great living with Matt and Judy as well. Yeah, she was saying that, um, you know, it just kind of felt like she needed to move home. Was that? the same with you you were like you felt like you had gotten it out of your system in Berlin and okay now (laughs) real life is calling or something yeah um yeah I think the point I was at in my life I very much went to Berlin to kind of escape as many people do or just to figure out what the next thing was and then yeah it hit a point where I didn't want to stay long term so it felt right to come home and kind of especially like the industry here obviously is much more accessible and I'd already done some stuff here. So it felt like the right time to kind of come back. Did you do music in college in Dublin? Yeah, I studied in BIM. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was just like a lot of work. And then afterwards you were like, I don't want to think about it for a while. That's why you say that you weren't doing that much in Berlin music wise. Yeah, I think like with anything, when you do it, like I did it every day for four years. I definitely went through a bit of a identity crisis because it's quite difficult running a project that's also your real name. I think I had really molded together these two identities and like, you know, a lot of the time I've never felt like I run a project. I just feel like I am a project, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like I am a songwriter I am an artist but that can become very unhealthy to not separate it almost like you're running a business or you're running you know some something else so I had to kind of relearn that in my head and change things around a bit to kind of approach it in a more healthy way it can just be quite dangerous I think when your work is so tied to your worth so I had to yeah do a bit of separating did you ever think of ending it or, or starting something completely different that wasn't under your own name? Or did you always know that you would go back to it? Um, I think I think about like ending it a good bit. <laughs> like, to be honest, I think every every musician I know, we've had so many conversations about it. It can just be very overwhelming at times. But I think it's just. Like, I know I know that I really want to do it for as long as I can sorry that probably sounds very negative but I've, de- I've definitely thought about stopping for a while I don't know if I knew if I would ever come back to it but I think it's that thing of if something's so life-consuming you just want to be like I don't want to think about this for a bit or I want to do something else or I want to identify as something else for a while that's especially easy to do when it's not going very well but I think when it is going well it's so 
great that like it kind of I think it'll always pull me back to it in some way yeah and I feel like you're entering a new phase now with the release of the album that hopefully like this will be the best part of it now coming up as as people get theirs around it let's talk a little bit more about the record I think one of the standout features of it is the fact that there are voice notes from your friends sprinkled throughout the record was that similar to that first uh, opening track on it you were just scrolling through your phone and something just clicked and you were like I can put this on the album was it as simple as that or was there other reasoning behind it it started like that so it started with the Martha voice note my friend Martha sent me that it was like the 12th of March or 13th of March. It was like the day, the day that like things oh. stopped being normal. <laughs> the big C word. You know, I really hope that you're also looking after that head, trying not to panic. It might be the end of the world, but like it's fine. And also love you. And if you're with Joe right now, I love him too. And yeah, don't panic. You can hit, you can tell in my voice. You can tell I'm panicking. She sent me that on that day when me and my friend Joe were like just drinking wine in my house being like what is happening (laughs) is the world ending should we just drink wine and not go on the internet and as soon as she sent me that I saved it I didn't know what I was going to use it for but I was just like I just love her like everything is fine but I'm clearly panicking and that's how I think everyone felt during that whole time and it started with that and then it just I started writing that song I think I had part of that song from something else and then it became this whole idea and that was such a fundamental part of that track that then when I was writing the other stuff um I I knew I kind of wanted some transitional stuff on the album so I was like this would be a really interesting way to do that yeah, I went through like different messages, voice messages and tried to find snippets that maybe resonated with themes from different tracks. And then with the Good Enough track, my friend Leisha, or no, I actually made it its own track. It's called Permission. With her, she's one of my best friends and she, me and her both are really interested in just therapy and brains and how we think and how we interact. And then um, we're always like, send each other voice notes of like advice or like did you see this thing about this thing or blah 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 so I had so many from her that I actually couldn't like I was going through them and I couldn't find something I wanted so I just messaged her and I was like can you just send me like four minutes of you talking to me and advising me about something (laughs) and then I oh no and I asked her I was like, here's a couple of questions to spark it. So I was like, what would you tell yourself um, if you could go back and, and talk to yourself as you finish college? What would you advise her and why? And her answer to that was just like amazing. And it fit in so well with that track. So a lot of it fell into place, which was so great. Yeah, it added another dimension to the, to the album, I think, because for me, as I said, it's going from this place of fear and doubt and not knowing what you're doing to kind of pushing forward anyway and feeling hopeful and then the sprinkling of my friends throughout it was just like the support around going through something like that but also knowing that other people are probably going through the same thing um yeah and having those kind of words of wisdom 
ringing in your ears as you're going through the album. I think the voice notes are such an interesting, almost new way that we've learned to communicate with people. I don't use them a load, but I know I know some people who almost exclusively communicate in voice notes. Like, do you enjoy that aspect of communication? Is it something that, I don't know, is almost comforting sort of thing, just being able to talk without pressure on a voice note? Absolutely. I love voice notes. I really love them. I love phone calls. I really don't like texting people. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like I do, but I don't like it. I just feel like you lose so much like tone and like understanding through text. Um, I actually heard recently that apparently I think it's 80% of communication or 60% or something is all through your tone. Like how it's, how it's, um, perceived so much of how it's perceived is through your tone of voice um and that without tone of voice you lose things like empathy and like understanding and care from the other person like it's not as easy to pick it up which I found really interesting I do love voice notes I think there's a lot of voice notes that I go back and listen to really um time yeah or like when I'm missing someone I think it's really nice to like hear their voice and it's, yeah, just you, you get to, yeah, talk to the person without pressure. I, I was thinking of asking if you wanted to do this whole interview over voice notes, just to like go along with the, with the album. That would the, be fun. <laughs> then, I, then I thought it's too, it's too much editing on my part. We'll, ju- we'll just have a normal yeah. uh, conversation. <laughs> um, what is like your limit on the length of a voice note? Because I know some people who leave long voice notes and sometimes you're listening to them and it's just them going um what was I saying um uh I'm like why didn't you just stop the voice note there and think and then continue so what's the ideal length for a voice note probably like a minute oh okay nice and short yeah 30 seconds to a minute but it depends on what they're saying like Leisha has sent me like three minute voice notes but it's like so interesting it's like listening to a podcast so <laughs> it depends. Did you feel like, say, a different person by, by the end of it, by the time that you, fin- you had finished recording or finished making the, the final track? Did you feel like, like, I don't know, just a breath of relief? Yeah, for sure. It was really interesting for me to make it or t- to be able to put it track by track like that and then like see see the story in it because it feels like a real kind of story of my life as I said it's the same as looking back at that voice note at the beginning I feel like I came out of something by the end I was I had a different perspective by the end and I was able to back it where I was in each part of it so yeah I definitely feel like a different person I feel like a different person from like last year a couple of months ago <laughs> um and friendship seems like one of the overarching themes of the record was that something that you had in mind that you wanted to have your friends voices all over the album and you wanted to kind of name check ideas that they had given to you and like reassuring pats on the backs or hugs as well I think it naturally happened because 
like the last two years for me personally I have well maybe not maybe like the last six eight months but like before that maybe since 2018 2019 that was like a tough patch it was a strange time because I simultaneously met like some of my closest friends ever during the same period so all these good things and terrible things were happening at the same time but I think they really got me through like so much of what happened that um, it was just kind of natural that they would pop up somewhere. What did you find or or did you find any songs particularly tough to write about, maybe subject wise or even just kind of getting it out? Someone else took quite a while to write, not hugely out of subject matter, but mostly just I didn't know what it was trying to be for a really long time. It was kind of like 10 different songs before it landed where it was supposed to. I think that was also one of the last ones. And I wanted that kind of theme in that spot of just really wanting to kind of escape yourself. Other than that, like one bed was tough to write subject matter wise, but actually happened very quickly. Um, it was a very, that that was a total like processing song for me. I think I wrote it in maybe like 20 minutes, but I wrote it very emotional. And I was like in the feeling as I was writing it and going through as I was writing it. And yeah, that song for me is very like, uh, I've always felt as a, just as a person, I've always felt quite pulled between wanting to help so many people at the same time as wanting to be alone in a room. <laughs> and um, the balance of kind of protecting your energy and protecting your yourself from other people's things that, that, that they're, they're going through. And just being really overwhelmed by that but also really I, I feel other people's problems and, and just emotions very strongly so that's always kind of been a struggle for me and I think at the time I was just when I wrote it I was just so overwhelmed not just with my the circle around me but I think I was just really feeling the world the heaviness of, I think I wrote it in maybe like April 2020 me and my partner were living like in his parents' house and everything was like changing so rapidly and the world was like unrecognizable. So it was a really scary time. But yeah, that was definitely tough, a tough process. When you're writing in such an emotional kind of way, do you have to like just get it down, just kind of get it out of your mind and then you put it away for a while? Or is it like straight away you're kind of picking it up and thinking like, how do, how do I do something with this? I think if it happens like that, I usually just do it and put it away for a little bit. Or like if I'm still feeling that thing, I'll play through it a couple of times. Um, but then, yeah, for me, sometimes writing is in two sections of like the feeling it and the processing it and just letting it kind of happen. And then being like, okay, how do I make this into something that I could release? But with one bed that, like one bed is just me and a guitar and then when we recorded it, we recorded just a, um, a live take of it. That's what's on the album. And then we decided to put strings on it afterwards. And that just like brought it to a whole new universe. I love the strings so much. Aina Brennan did the strings on that song and on the song of the in-between. So yeah, it kind of became a, another thing when it was recorded. 
Aina Brennan, aka Diary. What a genius. Oh my God, she's a wizard. She can do anything. She's fantastic. <laughs> Who else? What other musicians are on the album? So, Matt, my producer, Matt Harris, he's part of Hawk. Um, their album is out tonight, which is really exciting. I've been working with Matt for like my whole career, basically, and he played so much of the album because we've made it remotely. So, I would record. The demo, I'd send it to him, we'd chat about ideas. He'd record everything, basically, bass, guitar, keys, percussion, ukulele, some ukulele on there, mandolin. He basically did it all. And then Julie did some vocals on Eight Hours. Julie and Maggie Devlin, who is in um, Party Fears, they played percussion on Martha and percussion on Martha um, were a lot of cardboard boxes <laughs> that we like stamped on and like lots of claps and lots of just weird sounds so we had a lot of fun doing that yeah Aina did the strings Rory White did the cello on track one that was like a last edition as well we were like this needs something I hope I'm not forgetting anyone my partner Steve had a big role to play in so how we did it was I recorded a demo I sent it to Matt we kind of produced it between us and then he sent me back um some finished ideas then me and my partner Steve we recorded guitars and vocals in the cottage and then sent them back to Matt so it was a real kind of mishmash of people I also I recorded everything just changes with Berquin in Sonic Studios in Dublin Burr is amazing he had heard the song when I was playing with Paul Noonan like in 2019 and he was just like, I want to record that. <laughs> so we went in and did a, a live take. And that song to me, actually, it always felt like it was a song for like the snug of a bar, like after hours. And I said that to Burr and he was like, hang on. And then he came back in with like all these glasses and we imitated the sound of a bar in the studio. So we were like clinking glasses and like mumbling and like walking around. And like, if you listen, you can hear me and Burr kind of like mumbling along to the words as if there's people beside you who don't really know the tune, but they're like, <laughs> and kind of just drunkenly singing along. So that was, that was so much fun. I think that's everything, everyone involved. If I'm forgetting when I will feel awful but I think that's everybody have you listened back to the album much and if you have when you're listening to the album are you thinking of like the good parts of recording it getting your friends involved you're not dwelling on kind of like the, the bad parts of where maybe some of the songs came from um no honestly which is really nice I I feel like it really tied up a chapter for me I really love it I really do like and that's a really privileged place to be to be able to listen to it and not kind of pick holes and stuff like I'm really proud of what it, it kind of tied up for me and kind of helped me to let go of I love I, I, it just feels very me it feels like I included a lot of myself in it and a lot of the people in my life and that's really exciting so yeah 
No, great. I think I think the album is brilliant. So congratulations on making it. I'm delighted that uh, it's almost out in the world for you. And I hope that you get to enjoy all of the love that's going to be coming back at you for, for getting it out there as well. And thanks for uh, taking the time to chat this afternoon. No worries. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much to Maria Kelly for that chat. I really, really enjoyed it. Here is the title track of her album. It's The Sum of the In-Between. I'm a wishful thinker And I'm really good at pretending that I'm fine And I'm clumsy as fuck I will straight up forget to love you sometimes And I'm a lightweight drinker I'm really bad at holding Oh,
so murphy in between who i was who i